Father, thank you for this time to gather and pray together in, in spirit and to pray these prayers and to hear your word. Father, help me. Help me now to share your word, to offer your word to your people, to feed your sheep, the, the sheep of your pasture, the people of your pasture. Thank you for being our shepherd. Help us to know you more in this way. Help us through this psalm, the Psalm 23 that you have given us. Thank you for it. Thank you for these words. Help us hear them. Help us receive them. Help us be comforted by them. In Jesus, hear us, the Good Shepherd. Amen. Well, we're going to look at Psalm 23 this morning. It's probably the the best known, most loved psalm of all, I think, and it's been read, spoken, heard countless times in devotions, at funerals, at gatherings of the faithful, and uh, it's deep. It's deep in our culture. It's deep in our hearts, its meaning, and what it tells us is about as good and comforting as it gets, <laughs> and so what a great psalm for this season we're in, I think. And if you're <clears throat> looking at the screen, there should be, I think, Drew, if you can bring that up, I've um, spaced it here in a way so that you can see something of the structure. I'm going to pass it around for you guys here. Um, but we can look at the psalm in three movements, three acts. And um, these are three movements, three acts that prayerfully, poetically portray the Lord my shepherd, that show us how it is the Lord is our shepherd. And I'll pass this one around for you all if you want to take a look. <clears throat> so imagine, you could imagine maybe you're coming to a play, and the name of the play is The Lord is My Shepherd. And you're sitting there, and the curtain lifts up, and the scene, is what you see is this pleasant pastoral scene, rolling hills, little pockets of water, these little satisfied sheep, and Yahweh, the Lord, as the shepherd. That's act one. The curtains go down, and then as they lift, suddenly you're in a dark, chaotic valley. And right in the middle of the stage, though, is this protected table with all kinds of choice food and drink, and the great I am as host. And then the curtain drops again for the final scene, the third act. And as it rises, we behold this traveler. And this traveler is being chased, actually, by two dogs. And their names are goodness and loving kindness. And they're chasing this traveler all the way to the home of homes, the house of God. So there's, there's the psalm in a nutshell. It's three movements, three acts. And the, these, these acts you could see as acts of one orientation and then suddenly disorientation in the middle and the third act is a reorientation, a new orientation. And the constant through all these orientations is the Lord, my shepherd, guiding, providing, protecting his sheep. So... <clears throat> If you notice too, at the beginning, you see the Lord in capitals and at the end. 
And what that means is this is the covenant name for God in the Old Testament. Yahweh, the great I am, as our hymns put it, which is really the abbreviated name of God's full sentence name, I am who I am. And in the Old Testament, the connotation of that is, I am who I am for you. So I am the compassionate and gracious God who is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Or I am the shepherd who led Israel out of the slave of out of oppressive slavery into the green pastures of the promised land, protecting, providing, guiding them all along the way. I am the good shepherd who is for his sheep in so many ways. So this covenant name starts and finishes the psalm. It's really the demonstration of this name, the meaning of this name that drives the psalm for his namesake says right it's just it's a name pregnant with beautiful holy meaning and one of those meanings is given us in this metaphor the lord my shepherd now when king david wrote the psalm shepherds of which david was one shepherds were plentiful all over the place wandering all over the hillsides finding pasture act one Sometimes shepherds would build a table for their sheep to feed them, act two. And they sometimes would build shelters for them, a little house, act three. Because there, there were no fenced-in areas for sheep to wander around comfortably. No, that they were totally dependent on shepherds to, to lead them to food and water, to protect them from predators to receive healing from their wounds if they got hurt. So without a shepherd, they were done for. They would die, certainly. But to be a shepherd of persons, it brings us to a whole nother tradition that's beyond just the caring of animals. So in the ancient Near East, leaders were ideally to act like shepherds for their people. So gods and kings were given this title and their, their royal scepter was a symbol of really the rod and the staff of the shepherd, which is right in the middle of our psalm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So it represented their authority and also their purpose to protect the sheep from predators. So if you look all through the Old Testament, God is called the shepherd of Israel. Israel is his flock. David is appointed as his under-shepherd, a little pastor. Pastor being the Latin word that means shelter. And the kings of Israel were judged as to how they did or didn't fulfill this shepherding role. And the Lord's leading and protecting in the wilderness, his promised return, returning his people from exile, they're all described in these shepherding terms. It's a loaded word. So to say the Lord is my shepherd, it's to evoke all these, these meanings, these pastoral, political, theological meanings. So it expands what shepherds do to what God has done, what he does, and what he will do. 
So really, it's a, it's a statement, it's a, a prayerful confession, especially when confronted with chaotic circumstances, like what we're in. So some, some psalms, a lot of psalms, are mostly a cry for help. God, help me. I'm in trouble. Help me. I'm dying. Um, others are more of an affirmation of that help. Seeing at times what only the eye of faith can see. And that's what this psalm is doing. And does for us and helps us do. And it's doing it in a way that's unparalleled from what we know of during this time, this time period, even for the Hebrew scriptures. So the shepherd here is not just caring for a collective group of sheep, but a single sheep. The Lord, my shepherd. The one Jesus is going to say later who leaves the flock to find the one lost sheep. That's the particularity of Jesus. We know if we're his followers, if we're his sheep. There is a place for our father. There's a place for our shepherd. A sheep is lost until it's brought back to the fold. But there's also a place for my shepherd who died for me. That isn't just self-centered individualism, but it rather illustrates the profound personal dimension of our life with God. The Lord, my shepherd even. The one who leads each of us personally to lush green pastures. It's act one. The waters we're brought to here are calm and quiet. As we rest, become refreshed, revitalized with all that God offers us in the scriptures, with encouraging brothers and sisters in Christ, with timely friends, with a good book, with the renewing, refreshing waters of the Holy Spirit, with rest, even if it's a forced rest because of coronavirus. <laughs> Jesus has good things to give us in this season. Like I mentioned in the, in the bread, of, bread in the Wilderness video I did yesterday, we need to learn how to rise up like eagles. So when they feel the wind coming of a storm, they don't fly away. They actually fly into the wind. And they learn how to find just the right angle so that the wind will help them rise up. So if you know that passage... In Isaiah, we need to learn how to rise up like eagles. We need to look at the angles of how to hit this coming wind, how to see and receive the gifts Jesus has for us, even in this season. When the disciples were so overwhelmed with, with this coming and going in their ministry, and they didn't even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Those are the words he offered him, offered them. And so for us, maybe that means letting Jesus take us away from our screens for a daily walk with him to a deserted place where we don't have to think too much about social distancing, um, but to be with him, to rest a while, to be refreshed. Our family went to Halibut Point the other day and it's this beautiful oceanside reservation on the North Shore 
it was just so refreshing. There was enough space that everybody could spread out and enjoy the ocean. And right in the middle of this state park, there was this lady playing a harp, her harp for anybody who wanted to hear. And it was so beautiful and restful and soothing. I could have stayed there all day hearing this harp, but then our dog Fiona started barking at this other dog <laughs> and it didn't exactly harmonize with the harp. So we had to move on, but Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, he leads us to those kinds of places if we're willing to be led. He leads us in these paths of righteousness for his namesake. Righteousness is essentially being rightly related to God, to neighbor, to self, and even creation, which is why we need to get out there. And when that happens, we have peace, shalom, joy in the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God. So, so far, all is well, all is as it should be. Life is good. Provision is plentiful in this psalm. But then, suddenly, act two. The curtains lift, and we change from this psalm of orientation to a psalm of disorientation. Right? Without warning, we're without food, we're without water. We're walking in this valley of the shadow of death. Or suddenly we find ourselves in a pandemic. So shepherds, when they were uh, in search of new pastures, a lot of times they would have to go through with their sheep through these valleys that were dry and dark. So instead of pleasant grass, you have to deal with steep, rugged rock, narrow trails, lurking predators, <clears throat> In the words of the psalmist, the valley of the shadow of death. And it has a lot of different connotations in the scriptures. Deep darkness, sadness, fear, deep distress, terror, gloom, extreme danger, at times even the realm of the dead. All things we're thinking about and feeling, I'm sure. But coming back to the meaning of this original confession, David speaks into the darkness I will fear no evil. Boring words from W.H. Auden. We live in an age of anxiety, even before COVID-19, but maybe now more than ever. And while there's so many good resources available to us to deal with this, to receive and be thankful for, is there any greater resource than knowing the Good Shepherd? This is not self-confidence. This is God-confidence. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You are my shepherd, my strong, divine, guiding, protecting shepherd. You notice here, he's switched now from talking to the sheep to, sh to talking to the good shepherd. There's a switch. Your rod and staff. They comfort me because these are our shepherd's weapons, right? They're the ward off the predators. All that's chaotic. They ward off, protecting their sheep. This is how the king, our king, uses his authority to protect us. He's our divine brother who meets us in the dark valley of our day to protect, 
to comfort us, to spread a table for us in enemy territory. So we've moved deeper now into the dark valley where there's these unnamed enemies present, which represent really any hostile people or chaotic power at work in our lives. And I think we can certainly think of our, certain, our situation as one of those. But right here in the middle of this valley, in the midst of these surroundings enemies, in the center of the stage is something surprising. A table is being set with food and drink so plentiful that the guest's goblet is overflowing. And the enemies look on, helpless, incapacitated, because the great I am is host. And he's not just feeding one of his precious sheep. He's focused on healing the wounds of this particular sheep. Because shepherds would use oil in this day to heal the wounds of their sheep. So here the, the great I am is pouring oil on his guest's head. Beautiful. So I think certainly we pray in light of this, O oh Lord, my shepherd, heal me in all the ways I need healing in this way. And Lord, while we're on the topic of healing, how about heal my neighbor, <laughs> heal my friend, heal this world of coronavirus, and help me know how to play my part in that healing. That's so needed. But during Lent, we give particular focus to a sickness that is more dangerous, as I said before, than the coronavirus. And that sickness is, is sin in the human heart. So Lord, heal us from this greater sickness, most of all. I came across this hymn recently that called Awake, Awake, Fling Off the Night by J.R. Piercy. And the first two verses go like this. Awake, awake, fling off the night, for God has sent his glorious light. And we who live in Christ's new day must works of darkness put away. Let in the light all sin exposed to Christ, whose life no darkness knows. Before his cross, for guidance kneel, his light will judge and judging heal. There's a merciful judgment in the cross of Christ. Because he's the good shepherd, his death exposes and guides and judges in a way that heals us. That's something we can submit to. I love that in our gospel reading, when the good shepherd is asked, who sinned, this person or their parents? For us, who sinned, this group or that group, this party or that party, this nation or that nation? Or some of us are asking, is this God's judgment on us? <clears throat> I think here, at least, Jesus directs us away from those kinds of questions. He steers us away from why did this happen to what good thing can we trust God to bring out of this situation to his glory? What kind of healing, what kind of good thing can we trust God for in my life, in your life, in our life? We're almost done. The eye of faith sees and receives and confesses, you serve me a feast right in front of my enemies, right in the midst of a pandemic. You soak my head with 
oil, with healing oil, and you fill my goblet, overflowing with goodness. That's what the eye of faith sees and receives and confesses. So we're in the final act now, and the psalm has transitioned from a disorientation into a, a reorientation of goodness. Surely your goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I think that might be my favorite line of the whole psalm. Follow here is not a strong enough word. When you look at the Hebrew in the context of the poem, <clears throat> shepherds in this time would use dogs to shepherd their sheep, to get them where they wanted to go. Thus, German shepherds or Belgian shepherds, like our dog Fiona. In other psalms, the one, there are enemies pursuing the psalmists. But here we have goodness and loving kindness pursuing King David. The goodness that passed before Moses. The loving kindness of God that keeps promises and cares for the needy. These are pursuing King David. These are pursuing us. So God is chasing us through our lives. And we need eyes to see this. We need the eyes of faith. See this divine chase that's taking place throughout our lives. It's going to take us all the way through death to the place that Jesus is preparing for us in the Father's house. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd who knows each by name, who not only pursues and protects, provides and guides, but lays his life down for each. He is the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, the Lord, my shepherd. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our shepherd and my shepherd. Thank you for all the ways you have done this and we have you, how, how we have known you in these ways. But Jesus, help us to know you afresh in this season as the good shepherd, as the one who protects and provides and guides, the one who lays his life down for each of us, who is chasing us with goodness and loving kindness. Give us, Lord, eyes to see this, eyes to receive what you are providing for us in this season. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all these. Thank you for how you will do this. Thank you and praise you for who you are. Amen. Amen.